Welcome into Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. And uh, this episode's got a number. I just don't know what it is right now. Look, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. Scott and I are here after just getting pulverized. Spanked? Uh, embarrassed? Roiled? We, we, we uh, did not perform well on the... Uh, Orioles Trivia Family Feud, uh, hosted by Ryan Blake at Give That Fan a Podcast. Uh, but we decided to, to hang on here on the mics and, um, and do some live reaction to the current state of the Orioles offseason. Scotty, before we get to the big news mm-hmm. of the, the thing that happened here today mm-hmm. on December 15th, I want to kind of take a step back because I've been noticing that Orioles fans have been in their feels. Oh. Really? I, I don't know if you noticed. Is this a new thing? But the Orioles fans have been in their feels about um, <clears throat> a lack of liftoff, perhaps. Uh, you know, a, a slow liftoff. Yeah. A short liftoff. Short. Uh, what, whatever it is. The offseason is not going the way we would no. have hoped. Um, the Orioles there, have spent... There is medication for this. <laughs> having a slow and, you know, unexpected liftoff. The Orioles have spent $18 million in uh, free agency at this point. Is yeah, right? $18 million. And they've replaced uh, Jordan Lyles with another Jordan Lyles. Uh, maybe a slightly better Jordan Lyles. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and they've replaced Rugnit Odor. With a slightly better Rugnit Odor? Uh-huh, 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 Okay. Um, and in the meantime, a lot of other targets that Orioles fans would like to have seen have signed, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit. Um, you and I expressed, uh, after the liftoff comments, yes, a strong desire, strong desire to see the Orioles finally do something. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I am disappointed. Um, yes, I think that's a really good way of putting it, is, um, you know, the comments that were made um, at, we'll call it the trade deadline, and there's one moment that I come back and I think to, and it's 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 past the whole Elias making the comment. But I remember a game um, right after Elias makes this comments where Brooks and Eddie were at the Orioles game, and Brooks comes into the booth and is talking about the team and saying, "Hey, I feel like this is a really good team." And you heard the statement that was made. I think it's time for liftoff. And I think back to that comment that Brooks made, and I think to myself. Boy, sucks to be him. And the fact that I have to say sucks to be him for to Brooks Robinson just emphasizes what it's like to be an Orioles fan. Well, isn't that his role now? I mean, him, Eddie, Brian Roberts, aren't aren't they, you know, as team ambassadors here to paper over PR mistakes? To a certain regard. I mean, I think it's the standpoint of, um, I would call it back to making sure the baby boomers continue to support the team. All right, so the Orioles... And if have, Brooks can make it to the stadium, any white male in Baltimore County can make it to the stadium. Welcome to Bird's Eye View. <laughs> All right, so um, the Orioles have... That have, was really for Alan Smith, honestly. 
They've gotten Kyle uh, Gibson. Okay. So so what? Who All cares? right. So let, let's go to Kyle Gibson. Like the Kyle Gibson signing is not a wow. And you looked at it and you're like, all right, it's Jordan Lyles, maybe with a slight plus. And again, you look at some of the peripherals and you look at, you know, him coming into Camden Yards and you're like, yeah, with a better defense, um, with, you know, left field being moved back. Oh, did did left field get moved back? They moved it back another 30 feet. Oh, huh, okay. All right, all right. Um, you look at Kyle Gibson and you're like, it's behind the hotel. It's behind. Hey, great. That's perfect. I think we should just kind of have the wall absorb into the Hilton so that the Hilton, in essence... Gets removed from from this view. You know how Houston used to have the uh, the flagpole. Absolutely, the field? we're gonna have a hotel. Yeah, it's we're just gonna, gonna have a hotel right in the middle of left field. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, Boston's able to have a freaking wall in front of it, so a monster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Gibson. It, you know, looking at the stats, I think he'll be better than Jordan Lyles. A part of me does does come back to Jordan Lyles. I feel is going to be underappreciated. Um, I think he did. He had a great season last year, and I think everyone says like, well, he's gonna regress. And I think that's definitely possible. I mean, you look at his fifth numbers and everything like that, and it makes sense that he would regress. But I just think about, you know, some of the positive, you know, attitudes and positive behavior that he instilled on this very young team. And again, the innings that he ate. I mean, people want to be like, well, we don't need innings to eat. Like, we've got Voth and we've got Wells. I'm sorry, no. Like, that's that's garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, Jordan Lyles was able to go out there in multiple instances and throw six, seven inning inning starts. Voth is not going to go out there and give you a six to seventh inning start. Like he can give you innings, but he's not going to give you, you know, long duration starts is the best way to put it. And we don't know anything about Grayson Rodriguez or John Means. We're we're hoping Rodriguez is going to be good right. and be healthy. And we're hoping that at some point John Means will be healthy right. and good, but we don't know. We don't know. And again, D.L. Hall is a similar situation too, where people are like, well, what about D.L. Hall? He needs to be in the rotation. You're like, yeah, D.L. Hall needs to be in the rotation at some point in 2023 but there's no likelihood that he's going to pitch 150 to 180 innings this season. If he can throw 100, that'd be awesome. Um, and it's just, there's this fallacy of like people thinking that we're stacked to the gills um, with, we'll call it, you know, a bunch of pitchers from an inning pitch standpoint. And I think everyone said, you know, they want that individual that is going to be that top end starter. And I agree that was a major priority. Um, but I think we've always talked about the standpoint of you still need back end starters and Jordan Lyles was that going forward. Um, and I think Kyle Gibson will fit into that Jordan Lyles role pretty well. Um, but I'm disappointed for Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is still available in free agency. Well, so the Orioles could go get him. Let me ask you. Yeah. Um, the Orioles, you know, said, hey, we're, we got Kyle Gibson, but we're not out of the starter business. Sure. Um, <clears throat> many of the starters that we would have wanted are now gone. Yep. Uh, I know the Orioles had been mentioned as the mystery team. Yes. Uh, in And Michael Waka. Um, thoughts, feelings, opinions. Oh. If we can't go out and get a real pitcher, uh, is there any chance that Jordan Lyles gets brought back in addition yes. to Kyle Gibson to bolster a young staff, and and therefore we don't have to depend necessarily on yes. the kids? I, I do think so. Um, if no, it, I mean, I think I feel like someone would sign Jordan Lyles, but I also wonder, to a certain regard. You know, based off of Jordan Lyles' intimacy with the organization. Gross. Well, I mean, that's what we do here at Bird's Eye View. I wonder if he'd be willing to sign a minor league contract to come in, compete for a spot in spring training, and then, in essence, if he, if the Orioles decide not to sign him, he opts out and goes to another team halfway through the season. Yeah, I don't think 
I mean, this is going to sound terrible. I don't think he has to sign a minor league deal. And I think that if the Orioles sign him to something akin to his last deal or less, mm-hmm. you know, if he sits out there on the market, yeah, and then they cut him, you know, with what they're already not spending elsewhere. Oh, sure. You know, it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, honestly, the only reason I threw minor league, and again, I think he deserves a major league deal, um, is just 40-man roster, you know, standpoint. Um, but I agree with you that he deserves a, a major league deal um, in the long run. Like, some teams should take a chance on him. Um, but yeah, like I said, I could easily see the Orioles, you know, going outside Jordan Miles. I mean, there was jokes at the end of last season that everyone was like, they're going to they're gonna tender Rogan to do our minor league deal and have him invited to spring training. I, I don't see that happening anymore. Um, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, that's such an Orioles thing to do that maybe they would do it. <laughs> All right. So, so you mentioned Odor. Uh, the Orioles just uh, signed Adam Frazier. Yeah. One year, $8 million deal. Was that, was that a priority? I mean, why, why, did, why is this move being made? Okay. So obviously the Orioles want to upgrade um, and get an additional left-handed bat. Um, Frazier kind of fits that mold, is the best way to put it. But again, the, the one thing that really bothers me about Frazier is, you know, everyone's going to talk about, like, good contact, you know, K-minus walk rate, but again, he has no power. And, you know, I, I come back to the standpoint of without having that power, I just don't get it. People are like, well, maybe he could slot in at the top of the order and a two-batter or three-batter. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, to start next season, it should be Cedric Mullins, Adley Rutschman. Like, there is no conversation here about him being at the top end of the order. Like, he should be at the very bottom, like an eight or nine hitter based off of OPS+. plus. Yeah, he's kind of got an, an okay on base percentage, but it's not great. So I just don't get it. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. And again, it, it comes back to the point that other folks have made, which is there is so much other talent out there from an infield prospect standpoint um, and also just so much talent that the Orioles already have on their on their 25-man roster, I, I just don't get it. I mean, you've got Urias, you've got Mateo, and you can knock Mateo all you want for, you know, his strikeout rate. But, I mean, Mateo has more pop. Um, if he gets on base, then you've got a stolen base threat. And I realize people are like, well, you can put Mateo off the bench and use him as a stolen base threat. And I was like, no, like, it's not just about stolen bases. It's putting pressures on fielders in order to basically get that extra base or putting pressure on where the folks are like, well, there's a guy at first base and I've either got to go for Mateo or I've got to try to get the person at home plate. So I I think people are really undervaluing this aspect of Mateo constantly being in the lineup and putting pressure on through the entire game. And again, I think it's really odd. And again, I can actually say, you know, come back to Urias. It's really odd that we're playing this game of Urias and Mateo both played at a gold glove level last year. And we're basically both looking at them as like, eh, we can put anybody there is the best way to put it, which is really weird is the best way to put it. I mean, Urias has to be the most, and this comes from me, I'm not a huge Urias fan, but like Urias has to be the most like hated individual as an Orioles fan of saying like, eh, he's not a gold glove candidate. Like if I were to go to any casual Orioles fan, and say, who was the gold glove winner last year on the Orioles? They'd say, Cedric Mullins or Adley Rutschman. And I would say, what about Urias? And they'd be like, really? Urias? Gold glove? Well, I've been beating the drum of, you know, now that the Orioles are going to be good, you need to go out and get a sure thing. Mm -hmm. And so I will say that 
for better or for worse, for whatever you're going to get, you know what you're going to get from Adam Frazier? Yep. But I don't know that Adam Frazier does for us anything that Taryn Favre can't. I, and I think that Taryn Favre has a higher ceiling. I, I agree that I don't really see what um, he does. Um, I mean, if I look at Varvara or I look at, you know, Norby coming up in the future, I just don't get it. Like, it just seems like, and again, people have pointed this out. And unless there is something coming where there's going to be a trade for Mateo's going to be traded or Urias is going to be traded and it's part of a package. And Elias has mentioned this um, at the winter meetings where, Teams are interested in MLB talent as it relates to the trade pool. But I still have a hard time believing. Like, when he says stuff like that, I think, well, he's got to be talking about Mullins. Like, it's got to be Mullins. It's got to be Mullins. I have a hard time believing that if Elias was given a trade proposal that contained either Urias or Mateo, he's like, all right, let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, Based on the prospects that are coming up. Um, So I just, I don't get it. And again, it's $8 million. And I think back to previous individuals that have been on this team that have been non-tendered from an arbitration basis. And I'm like, man, VR wasn't able to get $8 million from an arbitration standpoint. And here we are giving Frazier $8 million. And I know we're at a different point in the rebuild. Um, it just seems weird. It totally does. It totally does. So let's talk about all the other moves that the Orioles have made this offseason. Sure. I mean, they participate in the Rule Five draft. They um, they're still cutting the grass. Yeah. I think they might have signed someone to like a minor league deal and picked up someone off on like the waiver wire. I think they're they're still putting paper in the copy machine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you Do hear there were sports betting in Maryland? <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> Do Do you think anything else is going to happen? Yes, I do. Do you know why? Why? Because I'm an optimistic fool. You are an optimistic <laughs> fool. Really. I, f- I, f- I mean, here we are on 12-15. This is December 15th. Yeah. The, just an hour ago, at Tops, we got the news that Carlos Rodon signed with the New York Yankees. Okay, fine. He's not coming here, but now we're going to have to see him 12 to 15 times or whatever yeah. it is now a season. Gah. For the next six years, yeah. Can I can I tell you what the signing feels like to me? Which signing? This signing today, the Frazier signing. It seems like Brett Phillips all over again. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels like there's a group of people that are saying like, "Hey, he has a purpose, and it makes sense." And there's a group of people who are like, "This does make not make any sense whatsoever." And I don't like to be in this negative this negative territory. I really don't. But a part of me has also seen this so many times in the past by the Orioles um, during the dark ages and stuff like that, where I'm just like, this was your, this is a chance for you to do really well. And you've decided not to um, participate in the process as it were. I, don't, I just don't know what they're going to do with him. Scott, I don't know what to do with this toss salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? Is is the next thing we we've talked about the possibility of the Orioles making a very boring, yep. uh, starting pitching sign signing you know in the Jordan Lyles vein. Uh, they're they're going to need a backup catcher, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to sign somebody, sure. and we're going to be super excited about that. Is there anything else that's going to happen? I still feel like a trade is going to happen. Like it feels like it has to happen, 
Um, but I mean, can, can I tell you something? The only thing exciting that can still happen is a trade. Yes. Like that's the only exciting thing. Like the rest of the season, it's more like you just kind of wait to see what happens, but like there isn't anything left that is like anyone should be like, this team is going to look radically different um, as come next year. And, and again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of excitement that's going to be occurring next year. Like I'm super excited to go to games next year. But when I look at this and I'm like, okay, you've got the Yankees, who again, signed Rodone today. You've got the Jays and you've got the Rays. I look at all who three. Who all of, got better. I, I look at all three of those teams and say, okay, those are all teams, you know, on paper that are better than the Baltimore Orioles. That does not mean that the Baltimore Orioles are going to finish behind all three of those teams. But on paper, those teams have stacked the deck to be much more in their favor than the Baltimore Orioles have. You mean they they tried? They tried. Yeah. Yeah. They participated in the process. Weird. Yeah. So, yeah, extremely frustrating. Um, It's not going to stop me from going to Orioles games next year. We already renewed our season ticket plan. Uh, We'll be there at opening day. But it's just one of those aspects where you just kind of look at it and be like, next year, I'm going to try not to get my hope up, but I'm going to do the same thing all over again. So this is on me. Yeah. This is on me and the fact that I actually thought, wow, the Orioles are doing better than I expected. They seem to be ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. for, for competing. The general manager has made noises that they're going to, work to compete that makes sense to me so i should expect that they will do the things at least in the neighborhood of the things that i hope that they would do in a off season and did and, they and i got my hopes up yep. and that is that's on you 100 percent on me yeah that's entirely on you but i will say that it, it does put a sour taste in my mouth yep. for a very boring off season and i think if if you know we hadn't had the tease of well, it's lift off from here. You know, like that was a legit PR blunder. Yes. It, it yeah, absolutely was. And, the and, thing they, and they knew that too, because it's the standpoint of like, you saw the verbiage that came out afterwards where... Yeah, but he, he didn't walk that back anywhere near fast enough. No, no, I agree that he waited into the off season to walk it back. And again, you saw, um, you know, after the comments were made where they started to walk it back during the middle of winter break. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really, really bad. Like that you're doing it now. Like right. if if he had either not said it or he had walked it back right away, mm-hmm. right? I feel like I would look at this offseason. It's almost like they wanted to see if anybody would basically buy season, season ticket plans. Yeah. On but, this basis. But honestly, if if I hadn't had that expectation change, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would be that mad with this offseason. And now I'm mad. I, I I think I still would be mad. And here and here's the reason why is like I said specifically coming into this offseason that this is your offseason to show that you're starting to change. Yeah. And again, you've you've made signings, but they haven't been they've been small moves to the right. And, and I come back to this point of you know small moves to the right are not going to be appropriate. Even the Rays are a great example of like the Rays don't go out and sign. $160 million deals unless they're, you know, retaining their talent. Um, what they do is they trade away players that you're less like, Oh, you, why did you trade that player away? But they do it at just the right time. Um, and I don't think we're going to see the Orioles do that. 
So, I mean, here's the question for you. And I think you kind of threw this up before. What would save this all season for you in your mind? Honestly, I don't know. There's one thing that would save the all season for me. Uh, would it be a sale of the team to local ownership? It would not be. Okay, what would save it for you? The only thing that would save this offseason for me would be an announcement of a 10-year extension uh, for, Adley. for Adley. That would be the only thing that would save <clears throat> like my hope because I look at it and I say, okay, well, Adley's gone in five years. You know, If you don't start making the moves now, we're going to end up with another Machado situation Yeah, where we're going to get to two years or three years out and it's going to be like, all right, well, if there's no nothing there, what are you doing? And I think just knowing that the nucleus would be there for 10 years out, I'd be like, cool. I'm good. I'm willing to invest in this team. I'm willing to go and grab the jersey for my kid. I'm willing to basically help him buy into the this aspect. Even if it doesn't work out, at least knowing going to the stadium, like this is what, what the plan is, um, would be something. Right now, I think the plan is, we're going to do it the best we can in the draft. We're going to do the best to do in terms of developing prospects. We're going to pick up waiver wire claims as best we can to develop them. We're going to pick up people that we think can thrive in the ballpark that we have now built. And um, yeah, that's all we're going to do. And that's fine. But I'll tell you what it really feels like at that point. It really feels like a minor league baseball club at that point. The, the thing is, is that for the first time, we have an organization that I think has a plan mm-hmm. and is executing it well. Yes. The plan is not fast enough for my taste. And be, beyond that, we, we're going to get the 17th pick of the draft this year. Sure, yeah. We're not going to get access to the Adley Rutschmans right. of, of yeah, the you're not You're not going to get a top five draft pick and almost a guaranteed asset. And, and so we have to not only draft well, mm-hmm. But we also have to do the other things that winning clubs do to win. Yeah. And it's that that we haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, extremely frustrating is the best way to put it. Um, and, and again, it's so close. And that's the really frustrating standpoint. I mean, it's not during the dark ages. Yeah. And it's not even during the rebuild process of 2018 to, to now where you're like, yeah, it's frustrating that they're so bad, but they have so much additional time. You know, this is starting to get into the year that you want to see them take the corner. And again, that's what Elias says. Like, well, when I said liftoff, I meant this team is going to start to turn into the club that we want to see on the field. It's like, that's a really poor choice of words. That's like saying Yoko Ono is the fifth Beatle. Um, like, it's a really poor choice of words. Well, let me, let me ask this then, because... It really is a, a situation of managing expectations, yep. right? Um, I'm really disappointed. I'm really frustrated. Yeah. And so it's hard not to have that carry on into my expectations for the wins and losses for the season. We're taking basically the same team yep. into 2023 from what we can see so far. Mm-hmm. Again, all of the other teams in the division, maybe not the Red Sox, but all of the other teams in the division have gotten better. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Orioles are going to do, and will that be good enough? And I say that because, like, I would have been thrilled before last year. I would have been thrilled to see a team win 80 games. Yep. That's not going to cut it this year. No. And and I'm a little concerned 
that the carbon copy uh, you know team in 2023 is going to win 80 to 84 games, and I'm going to say we're we're wasting part of the window. We're exactly you're wasting part of the window, and I mean there is still time. I mean Adley is honestly the one that scares me the most because just from an age mm-hmm. and a length standpoint, like. Adley's the only one that like scares me. And it's really terrible to say that because he's just coming out of his first year. But Adley's the only one from a duration standpoint. And I'm like, all right, how long do we have Adley for? Um, and and like I said, I think it, it comes back to, you know, what, what what can the Orioles do? And like I said, I still think the Orioles can do stuff. Like I think it's st- there's still a chance that, you know, if they say we're going to trade, we're going to go out and get, Pablo Lopez from the Marlins. I think that's a huge deal. Um, if they say, hey, we're going to go find another bat, we're going to trade Austin Hayes and go get a better outfielder, that'd be huge, in my opinion, too. Sure. So there's things that they can do to still salvage it. My opinion still comes back to, you know, outside of trades, I think the one way you can salvage this offseason and also reaffirm that ownership is behind this organization is by going and offering Adley his extension. I think that should be... Number one priority for the rest of the offseason. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just bummed. I feel like this is a, this is a situation they have created. Yep. And uh, on, on Twitter a few days ago, I went on, onto a rant, and this was before you know, it got worse, about how there was a small, maybe, uh, but vocal part of the fandom that was really, you know, they were drama queens yep. about it, right? Like treating Elias like an enemy of the state for not doing the things that we want. Dude, I'm frustrated. Oh, I'm, I'm extremely frustrated. But I don't think I can like muster the energy to be that pissed with him. Yeah. I, I don't know. What about you? I, so I, I'm, I'm still not frustrated with Elias because here's the thing. Like I, I the most frustrating thing about Elias that I am right now is just the comment that he made. And now that the backtracking, like, I think that's the worst thing in the world. Um, I think the bigger question is, again, just like we've been talking about, there were rumors out throughout all of last year for 2022 that, you know, the team is going to be up for sale. Like the organization is obviously looking for sales and it just seems like the writing is on the wall. Like the team is in, you know, there's been this rumor out there that the the team is in the late stages of basically figuring out Mm -hmm. who is going to buy it. And you look at this given offseason and you say to yourself, seems like it. Doesn't dispel any rumors. Doesn't dispel any rumors. And that's not to say Nashville. That There's no question in my mind. Like Nashville's off the topic. Question. But it just very much looks like the Angelos family is going to be divesting. And, I mean, just think about all the changes that's going to happen. I mean, it's not even the standpoint of like, you know, whether the new ownership group is going to sign anything, but like Masson will be gone then. Like there's no question Masson's gone because like Major League Baseball is not going to allow a sale to a new ownership group and still allow Masson to still be in existence. They're going to dissolve it and just say, hey, with this new agreement, we're going to allow it, but you got to give the Nationals their rights and let them have their own organization in their TV deal going forward. Like, um, but yeah, it just it just seems so much like we are at the waning period of the Angelos era um, of ownership. And yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, I will 
put this caveat on the whole situation. And um, Alex Fast, Orioles fan, mm-hmm. very smart individual, um, you know, put this out. And he said, you know, I'm fully aware it's dumb to tweet this out during the winter meetings, but the 2024 free agent starting pitching class is pretty good at the moment. You've got Max Scherzer, player option. Uh, this guy called Otani. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Darvish, uh, Lynn, Urias, Aaron Nola, Giolito, Sonny Gray, Blake Snell, Luis Severino, Montez, Flaherty, Malley, and Morton. So you've got a good amount of starting pitchers next year that are going to be free agents that are top 30 pitchers in there. And that will be really exciting to see how many of those guys sign for other ALEs. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be really fun. Or just the Mets. I mean, I think the Mets might just sign all of them is the best way to put it. Um, But yeah, it's one of those matters where I really want to get upset, but I always said, you know, even in, in 2018, I said 2023 should be the season where I don't think we'll be, you know, World Series contenders. But I said that should be the instances where we should be trying to compete for a playoff spot. And I think the biggest frustration I have is the Orioles aren't doing quite enough that I want to see for them to compete for a playoff spot. Could they get to the playoffs? Absolutely, they could. I just wanted to see them do a little bit more. Yeah, it's just that in order to get there, they have to have a hope and a prayer. Yes. Instead of actually stacking the deck in their favor, which is what we wanted to see. Correct. I mean, I I, I, I don't know what the Fangraphs odds are right now. And I, I know people hate the Fangraphs odds, but like I probably put the Orioles odds to make the playoffs would be like three to 5%, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see it at 15%. I mean, that, that's not an unrealistic right. expectation. Right. Like, I don't want it to be like greater than 60%, like the Yankees are going to be. I want it to be like, Okay, we need a little luck on our end, but with the right amount of luck, something could happen here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and again, I just don't feel like we've done enough to date um, to make that happen. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm praying for a trade. Um, I'm praying for an alley extension. Um, but again, if it doesn't happen, I'm still going to attend a lot of games in 2023. I'm super excited to see Adley. I'm super excited to see Gunnar Henderson. Uh, I'm super excited to see Grayson Rodriguez. There's a lot to get excited for in 2023. And you'll get to do that with a lot of elbow room. Right. It's just like, you know, it's like going to prom and being like, I really wanted to ask this girl out. And instead, uh, I'm taking a girl out that I met at the bowling alley. My mom said she'd go with me. Well, was she at the bowling alley? No. Well, that's even worse. So, in <laughs> summation, uh, with this offseason, everything is terrible. Not everything is terrible. Okay, not everything's terrible, but it feels terrible. It's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing, it's depressing, and it's like you know, you're expecting great things, um, and, and, you, and you don't get it, is the best way to put it. You mean like entering into a trivia contest and it's like just the, it's like being the, blown out? It's like the Beatles' last album. You're expecting great things. But you just don't get it. We are going to fight. <laughs> you and I. We're going to knock down drag out. Oh, man. All right. Well. It's like going to see Paul McCartney live. Don't. Careful. <laughs> Be very careful with yourself, sir. Speaking of which, I was thinking about this. We haven't heard any announcements from the Orioles or the Maryland Stadium Authority in terms of any concerts that are coming last year. Yeah, do you know why that is? Why is that case? Because the Orioles are just mailing it all. Oh, they're just phoning it in. I feel like the Orioles don't even say so in that matter. I feel like it's the mailing stadium story, and they get to make that decision in terms of 
um, who gets to come and not. So they just gave the teams $1.2 billion. You'd think that they would uh, need to, to raise some revenue. For economic growth. All right, so everything's terrible. I mean, everything's fine, but disappointing. Um, this is our first off-season podcast. Um, you and I have not managed to be healthy at the same time no. for months. Nobody has for months. Nobody has. I mean, it's been uh, the triple demic is the best way to put it. So uh, plus the Orioles are making me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing going on no. except for disappointment. So so this is our our first uh, podcast. Look, we're going to do this monthly through the off-season if uh, we don't get the plague. Uh, usually, we go through the whole mess of, you know, this week on the Twitters and whatnot, but Scotty and I figured, hey, we're, we're here, we're together, we've got the mics. Just flip, flip them on. Let's, let's just do this thing. And with that, that's our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at Bird's Eye View Baltimore. Hey, Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us all over on social media. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Snapchat, the ticks, and the talks. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at... Bird's Eye View, B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you a sad, dejected, frankly bored adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.